Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Well... Do we start off with a, with a with a congratulations to you, or I, I don't know. I don't know what you want to talk about. Oh, <laughs> are you talking about the housing situation? The housing, the housing situation. I am happy to tell everyone, in very limited detail for now, that I am no longer staring down the prospect of being a homeless individual. Hooray! I was tent shopping, and I had a nice little patch of grass over by the dump picked out, and it was going to be beautiful, cat. <laughs> We were this close, guys, to giving him the $1,000 prize that we are going to award a podcast listener coming up later on in the podcast. So I'm glad we don't have to do that. Yeah, me too, because uh, being homeless <laughs> in the winter sucks. And and I have limited time to get out of my current place, but I hadn't found a new place to move to. But I'm happy to tell you, Kat, that yes, as of last night, I did find a place. That's awesome. Congratulations. Uh, I don't want to give away too much yet, but we'll talk about it as I get closer to moving in, which, by the way, will be right in time for the Super Bowl. And you saw the pictures. How nice is that basement? Party <laughs> parties at your place. Parties at my place. Certainly is. Uh, welcome to After 9, guys. There is a shit ton of stuff that we are going to talk about here. I'd like to start off with something from the local area where we broadcast to Kitchener-Waterloo. It's a story of a 42-year-old woman who was in court yesterday and pled guilty to lighting the toilet paper on fire at Walmart. And I know, maybe you're thinking to yourself, what the fuck? Who lights the toilet paper on fire at Walmart? This is an adult. A 42-year-old woman walked in the front door, shit-faced, loaded out of her mind. She said she was blind drunk, severely intoxicated. She went over to the toilet paper, and she admitted that she used hand sanitizer as an accelerant, lit it up, and watched that baby burn. $3 million in damage for what she thought was probably a good idea while she was loaded. (laughs) Let's talk about all the different ways this could have been avoided. Yeah. Um, I think, generally speaking, Walmart shouldn't be one of your top destinations when you're hammered. I'm just going to say it. I don't mean any disrespect to Walmart, but that's not where you go when you're drunk. No, I think that they would agree with that. Listen, if you walk into Walmart that inebriated, that blackout drunk, life is not going well for you. Just so you know, that is a good indication that you probably need to get some help. I don't know how many people walk in there inebriated. Did she say, because one thing that was missing for me is, Did she say specifically she went after the toilet paper because she was some form of anti-masking or COVID restriction type? Or no, she just decided that that was what she was going to light on fire. Well, listen, I mean, she pled guilty. So I'm assuming there's fairly compelling evidence to indicate that she did this. Now, now that's just speculation on my part. I don't know this girl. But I'm going to think that this was probably a plea deal. And part of the plea was leaving out the anti-mask shit. But I tend to think there's a connection there. There has to be. That's the second time a Walmart, third time a Walmart in that area 
had been targeted in the toilet paper aisle. Yeah, yeah. $3 million damage. That's fucked up. And who pays for that? She's not going to have to pay Walmart $3 million. Presumably an insurance company will cover it. But that's bullshit that anybody's out money when she did something dumb when she was drunk. Well, she fucked up a lot for a lot of people. I mean, it's not just the fact that they had to shut down the Walmart, which obviously they had to do. The smoke damage was insane. But also, it wasn't just the toilet paper affected because of the smoke damage. They had to get rid of a ton of inventory. What an absolute waste. Talk about wasting. I mean, materials, having to throw out. I'm not going to say that for sure it was closed, but let's say they had to throw out some clothes for this reason. They had to throw Mm -hmm. out other product on the shelf. And then those companies had to fork out more goods. Um, It's a waste. It's an absolute waste. It is uh, obviously dangerous, extremely dangerous. It is disrespectful. It's everything that you could possibly name. And she probably won't get punished as much as she should. You know what I don't understand is how you can be that drunk that you think it's a good idea to light the toilet paper at Walmart on fire, but you've still got enough presence of mind to realize, oh, this would burn better if I had an accelerant. Let me grab some hand sanitizer. Something messed up about this story, Kat. But while we're talking about drunk people, let's talk about another one. This time, south of the border. Northwest Wisconsin. And it was the local police who posted this on Facebook. I know that we're in a hurry to get on with it. We want life to carry on and get back to the way it was. But there's certain things you can't rush. No matter how hard you try, you can't make Christmas come any faster. You gotta wait. And another thing you can't make happen faster is the cold. It's going to come and it's going to get cold, but it's not yet. This man decided this is the time. I'm ready to go ice fishing. Ice fishing. Maybe you're driving by a body of water right now and you're thinking to yourself, well, it's not frozen yet. You can't ice fish yet. You could regular fish still, but you can't ice fish. No, you cannot ice fish right now. But that didn't stop this guy. See, the temperature was close to zero. And I don't know if he's familiar with the thermodynamics of how long it takes water to freeze, but apparently not familiar enough because he he had his shack for ice fishing. He put it in the back of his truck on on the trailer and he backed up the trailer to the lake and it was a lake. It was water. There was a touch of frost on the ground, but it was not even close to frozen. You know what happens when you set an ice fishing shack on the water. It sinks. You don't need to be Bill Nye the Science Guy to figure that shit out. (laughs) Seriously. Wow. He packed it right into the water and then was like, oh, shit. It sunk. (laughs) Yeah, it sunk, you asshole. It's not frozen yet. You're the reason that we every November and December have to put out warnings on the goddamn radio because people do dumb stuff like this. It's people like you. I'm picturing like a school of fish watching this go down from underneath going, check this asshole out. What a fucking moron. (laughs) Guys, check this. This is not going to go well. You got to see this. Watch this asshole. Look at this piece of shit. You're an idiot. (laughs) Seriously. So the police, I'm sure you're wondering, well, how did this story end? The police shared it on Facebook and got a ton of hits for it. They posted a picture of his fully submerged ice fishing shack and his half submerged truck and trailer with the caption, love ice fishing as much as everyone. But to be clear, the ice is not 
ready yet. They did help the man get his truck and his trailer out. I think they left the shack in the water. He was arrested. Well, it's not illegal to be stupid, is it? No. Scott, sometimes I would love to throw an extra stupid charge in there. I would. He was arrested for impaired driving. There it is. He was drunk. There it is. What, what an asshole. Unbelievable. I, I'd cat. say take his truck away from him, but uh, he fucking did that to himself, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know what goes through people's heads. Uh, before we get to the call here and give away $1,000 to somebody who texted in our podcast passwords, let's take a uh, quick second here to talk about where we are. Just a few days before Halloween. Some offices or workplaces are going to get into the spirit this year and allow you to dress up at work. But is that a good idea? Hmm. And before you answer that, let me throw out what I feel is a very compelling statistic. One in seven people have seen a coworker wear an inappropriate costume to work. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, uh-huh. The, the most common inappropriate costume for the workplace was something political. All the rest of them were ones that showed way too much skin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's be honest here. If you work in a fairly cool office, you can get away with some shit. All right, that's fine. No problem. If you're working in a bank, for example, that's probably not the place you wear your your giant dildo with a condom on costume. (laughs) You don't do that if you work at the bank. For example, I'll give you a good example because I was walking through uh, Spirit Halloween just a few days back and I came across a skeleton costume. Oh, nice, a skeleton. Nope, it wasn't just a skeleton. It had an extra bone and it was called Skeleboner. <laughs> and here's a, here's a good example of what you should not wear to the office is this like this bone just would like dangle, just like a giant dangly cock. <laughs> That's a no-no. I mean, you shouldn't wear that to the office. Wait a second. Does the skeleton have a heart on all the time? Oh, you, or is it in a flaccid state? No, it just dangles. So, I mean, oh. you could say it's a, it may be halfsies. Like, maybe I'd say it's like a half chub because it's like, it, it's not just really limp. It's, it's out there. It's, it, I mean, it's swanging. You could swang it. I'm glad you said half chub. I wasn't sure if other people were familiar with that term, particularly women. But yeah, a half chub is where it's kind of like, oh, I'm a little bit interested, but I don't know if I want to make the effort to get all the way up. <laughs> You know, I'm just going to stay right here so I'm in a ready position. You know, we're not going to start sprinting from a stop, but I'm not fully committed to finishing this race. Yeah, it's in a bit of a pre-warm-up stage, isn't it? It's a warm-up stage. You're absolutely right. 77% of employees say they enjoy office Halloween parties. 23% hate them. There's no gray area here. It's a love or hate thing. Put me in that 23%. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if I, I I struggle between gray area and no, it's not that I'm just Halloween doesn't do a lot for me. Like I'm sick. Don't get me wrong. I'm sick of like Christmas, ugly Christmas sweater parties and things like that. But I'd rather attend a Christmas get together than a Halloween one. That's just me. It's, it's all right. I like seeing other people dress up. It makes other people happy. So there's nothing wrong with it. So I I'm, I'm cool being there. It's fine. I don't hate it. But I'd say I'd probably in the meh category. The majority feel that it is inappropriate for the boss to be dressed up at work. Is that the case? Or is it one of those things where if the employees are doing it, the boss should too? Yeah, I think that's you're bang on. You know, the boss has to dress up too. 
I don't know if those are people who feel like they won't be taken seriously. But for me, if you're not taking part in something else that we're all taking part in, we'll see you a little bit differently. And that's not necessarily a good thing. You're going to a party on Sunday, aren't you? I am, yeah. What are you doing for this party? Is it like a kid's party or an adult party? Yeah, it's a daytime thing before we do all the trick-or-treating. So there will oh, be kids fuck. present. So no skeleboners, for example, will be there. <laughs> Did you clear this with your husband first? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> to snip that thing off the costume before we roll in. Hide it with a, with a, with a binder or something. Whatever, whatever works. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, Joe Buck, the famous NFL commentator, claims... He once called a Brett Favre touchdown while he was taking a pee into a bottle in the broadcast booth. I love it. You and I have done some shit on the radio. Yeah. I've never peed into a bottle live on air. But listen I have to this. peed in a bottle while calling an NFL touchdown. I swear to God. Really? I, I pee, it was Good pee, for yes. you. I was peeing wow. in a trash can. It's true. That's uh, crazy. They, they handed me like a little water bottle. I'm like, I can't. The half wouldn't end. So that's not going to do it. Give me yeah. that. And I was wearing a parka because it was freezing. It was in Milwaukee. While you're talking, you did that. While you're speaking. We you came back from a break. I was peeing and the action oh started. And I, I called a touchdown while urine was coming out of me. Oh, did you hear that part too? That it was, he was in Milwaukee. It was freezing cold. How do you hide it when your piss is steaming out of a bottle? <laughs> is somebody smoking in the broadcast booth? Oh, my God. Jeez. That's I don't know why he's telling that story, but it makes me wonder, what the hell else is going on in those broadcast booths? Yeah. yeah. What do you guys do during the commercial break? I know what I do during a commercial break during my show. I've never once pissed in a garbage can waiting for the play to resume, though. Nope. That's messed I'd, up. I'd rather get in trouble playing three songs in a row because I got to go pee right now than, than piss in any object in the studio. That's, uh, that's a rough look. I wonder how Brett Favre feels. It's kind of gross, isn't it? Like, ooh, fuck. Yeah. Don't tell people that story. That's yeah. awful. Yeah, it's pretty gross. <laughs> uh, do you want to give our one millionth download caller? Uh, yes. Well, they're not a caller yet. We'll be calling them. Do you want to get them on the line and congratulate them? Sure. So they've sent us this number. We don't even have a name to go along with it. So yeah, it was fun. just random texts that okay. came in, right? Here we go, guys. This is the first time we've ever done a giveaway on After 9. I like this. Hello? Hi. Hi. Who are you? I'm Jennifer. Who are you? Jennifer, it's Scott and Kat from the After 9 podcast. Get out of here. It is not. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Jennifer, where where do you reside? I live in Barrie. Oh, Barrie! Barrie, Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I had a feeling with your with your uh, area code here, but I just wanted to confirm. So yeah. uh, let me ask you a couple of questions here. First of all, yeah. thank you so much for obviously entering. I don't know how many times you entered. We didn't really get that. We just got a winner uh, number. So are you uh, an avid listener of the podcast? Absolutely. I entered every day. Wow. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I've been listening to you guys for your Scott longer than you and, and uh, Scott together, but since you've joined Kat, yeah, I've listened to you guys for years. Oh, that's awesome. W what about the radio show? Do you listen to that as well? I do. I listen in the morning when I'm getting ready. Oh my gosh. Do you stream us on like your uh, Google or something? On my phone. I oh, I love it. Phone. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Thank you for that. 
And you know, I walk every day. I walk my dog after work, and you're the podcast I listen to on my walk. Oh, oh, I love that. That's so good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, this is great. And I think you're the first caller we've ever had on After Nine, believe it or not. Awesome. So you did enter our contest, and you're a loyal listener in the great city of Barrie, Ontario. We are happy to congratulate you. You texted in the podcast password, and you just want a thousand dollars for listening to After Nine. You just made my kids' Christmas, (laughs) Jennifer. Congratulations! What are you going to do with that thousand bucks? I'm a single mom, so that's Christmas shopping for me. That's awesome. I. Love, and the Toys R Us flyer just came to the door this week, and uh, oh. you're covered. You're covered. That, that is so awesome. Thank you guys so much. Uh, you're most welcome. We appreciate you listening to After 9. Now what we need you to do, though, is spam all your friends and tell them to listen as well. I will. <laughs> but I won't tell them about any contest. I'll just save those for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you, though, it, it's weird because when we started doing this podcast, it was sort of a, a make work project, a side gig for Kat and I. And some of those earlier podcasts were only like five minutes long. Mm-hmm. And now it's yeah. evolved into this show where a million downloads now That's of After amazing. Nine. That's amazing. And I, I love when I download a show and I see it's like 45 minutes. I'm like, yes. <laughs> and you know what? And with this thousand dollars, why not throw this in? I mean, we've got a, people, a lot of people listening. Is there anything that you would like to say to the podcast listeners right now? Any business you want to promote? Anything like that? Uh, no, I work for oral surgeons, so nobody wants to come and see us. <laughs> oh, really? You know what's really fu- You know what's funny about that is you work for an oral surgeon, and yeah, that's one of those professions where people don't really want to have to go and see you. Exactly. Nobody's bu- ever happy to see me. I can't take it personally. <laughs> the building that we do the podcast out of is right next to a colonoscopy clinic. Oh. I think Another they have business you beat. nobody wants to go I to. I think yeah. they have you beat, Jennifer. Yeah, you must, yeah. <laughs> Hey, listen, Jennifer, um, thank you once again for listening. Congratulations. We're going to make sure we get that grand in your pocket as soon as possible so you can get to shopping. So someone from our team is going to be in touch with you very soon uh, with all that info. I'll shoot you a text with more info. How's that? Amazing. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. You're most welcome. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm not really used to having callers on the podcast. I mean, it's something we do on the radio, but even on the radio, they're told, oh, keep them 30 seconds, all that yeah. shit. Yeah. Uh, that was good, though. It was nice to hear a different voice and somebody who's been a longtime listener. Jen, congratulations. Enjoy your $1,000. And thank you to everybody who entered. I mean, obviously, only one person can win, but uh, no, that's great that you took the time to send in those podcast passwords. We'll hang on to this concept and perhaps do something else again in the future, maybe a little closer to Christmas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, you were talking about Olivia Rodrigo this morning on our show. I like Olivia. I think the song Good For You is a perfect pop song. It's so good. And you may recall Olivia was at the White House just a couple of months ago. Joe Biden probably has no fucking clue who (laughs) Olivia Rodrigo is. No idea. You know, he probably saw her and thought, oh, another dreamer. Great. Come on in. Not that. She's very, very famous. 
So Joe obviously has to give something because Olivia was kind enough to come to the White House and join Biden to promote getting your vaccine. The gift he gave her was very much something that a very elderly man would give a young teenage girl. This just it makes total sense if you know Joe Biden. <laughs> Let's, she was on Kimmel. Here's her explaining what was in the goodie bag. They called and invited you to the White House. Yeah, just so crazy. Did they, with the Ray-Bans, do you bring those or does he hand them out? He, he gave them to me, actually. He gave me gave a few them. gifts. He gave me those. He gave me some M&Ms. And he also gave me a shoehorn, which was strange. Did had he like, really like give the, you a shoehorn? Really. It had, like, the presidential like, <laughs> emblem on it. I'm serious. It's in my house. Well, if you ever thought Joe Biden was too old to be president... <laughs> Now we know he is. He's giving out shoe horns. He's giving out shoe horns. Uh, among some other stuff. <laughs> Did you pretend cool. to be interested in the shoe horn? I didn't see it when he gave it to me. It was like in a bag and I like opened it up. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Wow. You know that the president of the United States of America has a say in whatever goes in these goodie bags. And by the way, yep. goodie bags are, it's just a thing that happens. If you go to the White House, you get some stuff. And I'm sure like, you know, a pen or a notepad. And most presidents probably you know, get asked the question. There's a meeting that takes place at some point. Like, okay, now that it's now that you're up, um, President Biden, uh, what would you like inside your goodie bag? What do you think would be good? Uh, we'll, we'll put uh, basically we're going to put the emblem on anything you could imagine. So, so at some point, Joe Biden turned and went. A shoehorn is a shoehorn. That's it. I have a hard time with my shoes. <laughs> put some shoehorns. Other in there. people could use a shoehorn. I- we're going to make America <laughs> great again by fixing the shoes. <laughs> And that does make me wonder what was in Trump's. But anyway, we'll, uh, maybe we'll <laughs> like never... Fucking vibrators and yeah. all sorts of shit. <laughs> maybe it was we'll gross. It was like a fly swatter or some shit. Just like yeah. random shit. Clinton was handing out roofies. <laughs> Every president's got their thing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm just... Uh, I, I don't even... I bet you she didn't even know what it was. Do you think she even knew what that was? A shoehorn? Yeah. She'd have no clue. She's an 18-year-old girl who has absolutely no need for a shoehorn. No mobile issues, uh, young as can be, no problem tying up her shoe. I mean, uh, I don't know why she would need one. Uh, It's it's interesting. She could sell it uh, or or gift it. Or I don't know. I don't know what else you would do with a shoehorn when you didn't need one. But Listen, Joe Biden is bordering on senile. It's remarkable the guy is still in charge. In fact, I'm not even sure that he is. I think there's a lot of shit that he wants to do that he has to ask other people before he's allowed to do it. And he's the president. He is a 99-year-old in a 78-year-old's body. It's not good. The fact that he looked at Olivia Rodrigo and thought, shoehorn, get her a shoehorn, (laughs) really sums up how I think Joe is running the White House. The Ray-Bans are cool. She got Ray-Bans. Those are nice. And hey, that's a gift for anyone. Anyone can rock Ray-Bans. That's my opinion. Anyone can rock some Ray-Bans. That's no problem. But yeah, the shoehorn thing gets me. I just think that that's freaking hilarious. Holy shit, Joe. Uh, Okay, I mean, I think we should mention this, although I really don't want to go down into the weeds too much on this, guys, because it's a real sensitive subject. And I feel like this was almost a trigger warning last night watching it because it was traumatic to watch for some people, no doubt. But... Uh, Kyle is it Kyle Beach, the NHL player yeah. who identified himself last night as one of the survivors of the sexual abuse scandal with the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, I was watching that go down yesterday. Yes, it is. He uh, was on, and I've never seen this before, but it was a TSN interview 
that Sportsnet also aired. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've seen a competitor air another interview mm-hmm. from a competing network, mm-hmm. but they did. And I think it was good because people needed to hear it. He he wanted to come out and, and speak his truth and talk about what he went through and the fact that he made very, very, very serious allegations of sexual abuse, assault. And the team was in the middle of a cup run at the time. And they were basically like, oh, really? We'll look into that. Fuck off. Back to practice. Let's worry about getting the cup. And they completely buried this. But now here we are years later and it's back at the forefront. And he's telling his story. And there's a lot of people that are are wondering what's coming next. Did you watch the interview? Yeah. It was incredibly powerful. Almost yeah. hard to watch, but it was good to see him come out and tell his story because he seemed relieved when he got that off of his mind last night. Yeah. And he didn't need to. And let's be perfectly clear that Kyle did not need to step forward and say, this is me. This is my story. He felt that it was best for him. And I think that's important because some people are not really ready to stand there in front of a camera, show their face and explain what happened. Uh, some people are. And in this case, this has been on his mind for years and years and years, as you can imagine. Almost every single day he's thought about this. So I, I did. I watched the entire thing uh, and they changed up everything last night. Um, in terms of what they talked about in between. So first intermission, for example, they flipped a switch on that. They talked about uh, different topics like this. It wasn't your typical after the first period chat uh, because of this interview. So I thought they they did a pretty good job of balancing that out. It's a tough thing to talk about, you know. It's, it's, it's a tough thing to talk about, but it's one that I think is important to make sure that they set a precedent going forward, that that shit's not okay. And anyone who's listening here who played hockey when they were young, you're going, yeah, uh, I've been through some shit. Pulling mm-hmm. on someone's junk is not something that's funny. It is not, you know, and at the time, maybe you're uncomfortable and you're, but you don't say anything. A lot of people don't say anything. This is someone who stepped forward because something that happened to them, and I won't go into specifics of what happened. To be honest with you, I didn't read every single detail of it. I just know it was inappropriate, but it, it, it doesn't matter. Like, it, it doesn't matter even if you think, oh, this person will find it funny if I do this to them. it's not, it's not a good idea. It's never a good idea. So to at least say this now and let people know going forward, we're not going to tolerate it because obviously this is hurting people and hurting. Like this guy has not stopped thinking about it for years. I can't imagine that feeling too. watching them hoist this, the Stanley cup and parade this, the trophy around and all these people in, in this photo, he said, looking at that photo, all the people who knew what was happening in that photo at that time, in that moment, and everyone's brushing it off because don't you dare interrupt our Stanley Cup run. Don't you fucking yeah. dare. If nothing else, it should uh, more clearly. Well, not that it should need to be defined, but obviously there's a line between appropriate and inappropriate. Maybe this helps clarify where that line is. Maybe this will be encouraging to other people who have had a traumatic experience like that to show them it is OK. And we do believe you come forward and let's deal with it. But it was a hard thing for him to do. And it was a long road for this to, to be made public and be discussed the way it is now. So Kyle really deserves a lot of credit. I don't know what was going through his mind after he taped that interview before it aired or as it was airing. I can't even imagine what his phone was like after it aired. But it needed to air. And it needed to air during hockey. Uh, one of the things that hockey still has a bad reputation for is arrogance and the boys club and you see it with those commercials that they're airing all over hockey right now pk suban was great to to loan his likeness to these commercials 
where you see all the stereotypes. <laughs> we don't need girls doing this. Make me a sandwich. And uh, all the other stereotypes that are in the commercial. Have you seen the one I'm talking about? I haven't seen that one, no. It's really, really good. It addresses a lot of stereotypes about hockey. And then it, it ends with P.K. Subban saying, we belong here. Okay, that's great. That's hockey taking an uncomfortable subject, almost calling themselves out and challenging everyone else to be better. And I think something like this is going to do similar. I, I think that this will definitely raise the bar for professionalism and, and clarify acceptable and unacceptable in those dressing rooms where most of the time it's private. We don't see what goes on there. We have no idea what's happening behind the scenes. And it's a grind. It's not all multi-million dollar lifestyle wearing suits and driving nice cars and skating and playing hockey. Uh, there's some real work that goes into it. And sometimes people are in a shitty situation. Uh, Kyle, I don't know if you listen to this podcast. I'm going to assume it's on your list. Uh, congratulations. That was a very courageous thing to do yesterday to tell that story. And when you didn't need to, to identify yourself as John Doe and speak your truth. Good for you. That was, uh, that was great. Uh, two other quick things I want to touch on here, Kat. The Prime Minister is heading off to Europe, and part of his trip is going to be for the COP26 meeting, where they're going to agree to even more strict climate targets. Good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that is good. Well, that was one of the, that was one of the more contentious issues when it came to the last, uh, the election, um, is him being called on to do more. So this is a good thing. It is a good thing, and let's just hope that it gets done. I mean, no matter where you fall on the argument of climate change, it really shouldn't be an argument here, guys. I don't know what more compelling evidence you need to see that our climate is changing. Now, whether it's always been changing or this is something that's been accelerated because of our greenhouse gas emissions, however you feel about it, it's changing and we can mitigate some of this. The problem is we're sending Justin over there. And I don't think it's a good idea to send our prime minister right now. I don't think he has any credibility whatsoever when it comes to climate change. This is a guy who's promised and promised and promised, but never delivered, delivered, delivered. And it's obvious. Other world leaders have had to come out and call Canada out for not doing more. So this is a good opportunity, Justin, since you're going anyway. This is a good opportunity for you to not only make a commitment on behalf of the Canadian people, but to stick to it to make a commitment and then follow through on it. And maybe we can be the world leaders. I'm one of those ones who thinks that the future is green. And as we transition off of fossil fuels and we move towards more renewable energy, there's great opportunities for new businesses and new jobs. And Justin, if you want to spearhead that and be the global leader, go ahead and do it. But don't go over there and fucking embarrass us again and commit us to all kinds of shit that we never follow through on. Because it embarrasses all of us. And I know that you like to play dress up. Don't wear a fucking kilt. I know you're going to be in Scotland. No kilt, Justin. In fact, if he goes anywhere near a kilt store, the Royal <laughs> Mile or something, get him the fuck out of there. No kilt. You just wear a suit like most of the other leaders are. If there's a Scottish leader there and they want to wear a kilt, fine. Not you, Justin. Not you. He's going to show up dressed like a haggis is what he's going to do. Oh, fuck. He's the type who would show up there in a kilt trying to play the bagpipes or something. It would be a god-awful disaster. No kilt, Justin. Just wear a suit and be a normal, nice guy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, fuck. And it wouldn't even surprise me if he did it.
Uh, the Vatican has announced that Pope Francis is coming to Canada. He's going to issue a personal mm-hmm. apology for the uh, residential schools. That's do, do are people like calling on the Pope to and, and enlighten me here because I didn't know people were like I understand that he knows what's going on. People are calling on him specifically to 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 do, to do that. Yeah, I I mean the the Catholic Church is wearing this and. Sure. And absolutely, they were part of that system. And if we want an apology for the residential schools, it should come from the Canadian government and from the Vatican. The Canadian government has apologized, but the Vatican hasn't given us that heartfelt on Canadian soil, apologize to the indigenous people and the survivors. They haven't done that yet. But apparently the Pope is going to come. It'll be in the new year. And you know what that's going to do, too, because here's what I wonder. With everything that's happening on Canadian soil right now, we all know. We are all well aware of what's happening. How aware are those in other parts of the world as to what's happening? Obviously, the Pope was alerted to this, and the Pope is coming. And I think that's great news because it will bring international international um, understanding, right? And then people will look and say, why? What's happening there in Canada? Why is he going there to Canada? And that education is key, right? I think we've all learned this, is that listening— Learning is important. So for that to be a way for other people outside of Canada even to learn that this happens here, that this happened here, uh, and to hopefully it to spark something in them to maybe look into what they're doing and saying and what they should be learning, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, the the Pope has, a, if if the Catholic Church is going to apologize, it would be the Pope who does it. Does the rest of the world know specifically about Canadian residential schools? Not necessarily. So it does draw awareness. This is a key part of reconciliation, and this is something that indigenous people have said they want, is an apology right from his holiness. So he's going to come, and he's going to apologize. If that puts us back on the track towards reconciliation after all the distractions, great. What's weird, though, is I was trying to think of the last time a pope was in Canada, and I'm pretty sure the last time a pope was here was as SARS was winding down and we did the big papal mass. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I uh, I still have my little TTC mass pass, the little bus pass to get to and from Downsview. Wow. <laughs> uh, so it's weird. Here we are again, all these years later. Pope is coming back to Canada. That'll be sometime in 2022, but there is no date announced for that yet. Starbucks is giving a raise proactively to their baristas. Okay. Now we're talking. It's amazing how many businesses are doing whatever they can to not only attract new employees, but to retain the ones they have. Starbucks feels people like money, so they're going to start handing out more of it. Starting in January, their starting wage is going to be increased to a dollar above whatever the provincial minimum is where that franchise is located. Good. You know, and I, Starbucks does a great job. I don't know what the secret is. I'm not sure if currently, you know, they do give more than minimum wage in some locations, but I sense there's no sponsors here right now, so I can, I'm just going to say it. I always find a difference, and I personally go back and forth. I go to Tim's. I go to Starbucks. I've been to McDonald's before to get coffee. Fine. For me, there is never a time where I roll up to Starbucks and the person on the other end of that speaker isn't the happiest fucking person I've ever heard in my life. Just happy to be there. Happy to take my order, always in a good mood, asking me how I'm doing. I've had conversations while I'm waiting for my coffee, always friendly. So I don't know what they're doing right there, but whatever it is, keep it up. And this can only help even more. Like my personal experience when it comes to that at Starbucks 
is the best out of any other place that I could ever roll up to. Always happy. I don't know if you find that too. That That's always my experience. Yeah. I mean, to me, Starbucks is, it must be like Disney World or they've got like a bag of cocaine behind the counter or something because they're full of energy, always. super sweet, super kind. And I feel like when I ask for a puppuccino, they actually do like dogs. So yes. there's not a lot to complain about there. Yeah. Good I, on them. They always go above and beyond. So again, I, I'm not sure what the secret is because I know money does play a role sometimes, right? If you're getting paid a little bit more, then, then you know that the average person at a different place, parallel to yours, if you will, or similar to yours, is, is doing. Maybe that does make you up your game a little bit. I don't know what the secret is. I always want to ask the people when I talk to them. Like, that's the truth is I always want to ask. You know, the other week I was there and waiting for uh, for a coffee and the girl's like, oh, well, we're waiting for it. It was a latte, so I had to wait a little bit longer. And she's like, oh, well, we're waiting here. I, I Your kids at the back are, are, here you go. Here's a treat. There's a cake pop. Just give me, like, free cake pops. Like, that's so nice. Like, no, I, I don't know. It doesn't happen very often. Anyway, something something's going on there. Maybe this crack, Coke, I don't fucking know. Whatever it is, <laughs> keep it up. Yeah, yeah, and maybe throw some out to the customers every now and again, too. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Could you imagine it's you not your, just <laughs> you get your coffee and then they go. They're like, "Have a great Starbucks day!" Poof, and they just like puff that shit in your face. <laughs> it looks like you Here got you antiqued, go. but it's not flour. They blow you a kiss, but cocaine comes out. <sighs> Ooh! <laughs> I'll have a great day. Thank you. Uh, Don't do drugs. Just- Don't do drugs, people. I know we're going long here, but there's so many stories that I wanted to touch on. This is the last one. There is a city in the state of Indiana that really, really wants to try and lure new residents to their community. So they're offering incentives in the same way businesses are throwing out money to attract employees and other incentives. This rural city is trying to attract residents. They want people to come and open businesses and pay taxes there and really build up their city into something special. So Greensburg is offering a welcome package. In the welcome package, tell me if this is enough to to move to Greensburg, Indiana. $5,000 in cash. Invitations to home-cooked meals at various neighbors' homes. A one-year membership at the local co-working space and the YMCA. They have free gift cards to seasonal farmers markets, tickets to a local playhouse, and even, and this is the part that did, did it for me, volunteer grandparents that are there to babysit your children. They're specifically targeting families who can now work remotely permanently, which is something that's become more common. So for, for now... There's a couple who's volunteered to be grandparents to up to five families. Wow. What? If there's enough interest, they will recruit more grandparents. And basically, if you're in this new town and you don't really know anybody, maybe you want to go out and have dinner. Well, we can send the kids to the grandparents. The problem is the grandparents aren't actually related to you. They're like fake grandparents <laughs> that'll step in and play the grandparent role. Is anybody being creepishly reminded of the movie The Visit? The premise of The Visit is... These two old people that they find out later aren't even their grandparents, and they were dropped off to the wrong location, and it ends, oh, up, being, it ends up being an absolute fucking horror show. These two old people are just psychopaths. So anyway, that just reminded me of that, and I shuddered a bit. That's it, it, uh, This borders to me on, oh, okay, this could be a sweet idea, but I also think it's kind of, kind of creepy. 
It's a little creepy, but it's a neat idea. I mean, if you got to move somewhere, they're throwing in a lot of incentives to move there. So, yeah, keep it in mind. Okay. Uh, And the housing prices in America are awesome compared to the housing prices here. Once again, congratulations, Jennifer from Barrie. She won $1,000 for listening to After 9 and texting in the podcast password. Tomorrow, a brand new episode. And, uh, well, they're all brand new. Is Dave going to be here tomorrow, do you think? And and when do you think we'll be at a point where we can say what's going on with him? That's a good question. I still think it's up to Dave to decide that. I don't believe he's going to make it tomorrow, unfortunately. I don't get the impression he's going to make it I don't think he should. Can I be honest? I just don't think he should. I think his health comes first. It has to. All right, guys. Sorry to be so vague, but uh, you've heard Dave. He's on every Friday and after 9, and he's a good friend to both of ours. We'll tell you as soon as we can when he'll be back and why he was off. But uh, if he's here tomorrow, great. But maybe not great. Maybe he shouldn't be here anyway. I don't Uh, think so. I think I'll be a little bit I'll be that person. I'll put my mom hat on. Like, what are you doing? Go home, dumb shit. (laughs) You should be working in Gettysburg, Indiana right now with your fake grandparents. (laughs) Uh, Okay, we got to go. Have yourselves a great day, everybody. We'll catch you right back here tomorrow. An FDA panel gave the green light to the Pfizer vaccine for kids between the ages of 5 and 11. That's right. Kids' vaccines are the best way to prevent the two things parents fear the most, COVID and homeschooling. (laughs) Here's how the vaccine will work. Older kids can get Pfizer, younger kids can get Moderna, and the middle child can get Johnson & Johnson. According to a new survey, less than 20% of Americans said that they eat the wider yellow end of candy corn first, whereas the other 80% actually turn the candy corn around and then chuck it in the trash. (laughs) Netflix is looking to build a new TV and film production studio in New Jersey. And apparently Netflix is even coming out with some uh, New Jersey-themed TV shows. There's Bridge and Tunnelton. Oh. Next, there's Squid Game, Just the Tracksuits. Next up, instead of the show You, there's Yous. And finally, there's Ozark. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it.